0: Hello, and welcome to Planet Nola. My name is Mary Jacobs. This is the podcast where I talk to people living in or from New Orleans that I think are cool or just doing cool things. Today, I have a very special guest with me. It's my old pal, Levy Easterly. Levy is an accomplished artist and actor. I know him from the film world. Um, We've known each other since about 2017. And he's just a really fun person. Whenever I hang out with Levy, I'm like, man, Levy, you should really know more people because you're one of the most fun people I know. And I just feel like you walk into a room and you make that room more fun. You're a great
1: catch, Mary.
0: Oh, God. Okay, we're going we're going right out the gate. (laughs) We'll we'll save that one. We'll save that one. Um, But anyway, so I know Levy from I worked on a film in 2017 called Wendy, which you should look. uh, Go look up and watch. Great film. And the director, Ben Zeitlin, has used Levy in a few of his films. And Levy was working on that film, came out to the Caribbean islands, that's where I met you, I worked as your acting coach, so. I'm
1: a veteran court 13 non-actor. You
0: are, yes, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we know each other. Yes, yes. And you've been in New Orleans for a long time.
1: Yes, uh, since 98. I've actually been coming here since I was 17, so mm-hmm. if you can include those numbers. That was your,
0: you said you came here on a school trip, right? Ah, uh,
1: in the fifth grade, yeah, even further now, 40 something years. <laughs> it was a
0: school trip to New Orleans?
1: Yeah, in fifth grade, we did a field trip to New Orleans. We did the Potaba and the cat and the church. And it was Where around did you the, grow up? French quarter. In East Feliciana Parish Okay, on so it was like farm. a day
0: trip. You didn't do like an overnight thing. No, no,
1: no. no. That okay. would have been too much for those fifth graders to get their parents to sign.
0: <laughs> I know. So I was like, what a strange trip. But I guess that hmm. makes sense. If you're outside the Orleans area, it's like a thing to yeah. go to the quarter.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was just... Magically enthralled, was the first thing I saw, we walked into like a novelty shop and I bought. A, they were ten dollars. It was one of those Afro clown wigs with the rainbow.
0: Stripes. Oh my gosh! Fifth grade, you. I gotta, the same have as you you now. gotta have it. You gotta have
1: it. It's ten dollars. I said, yeah, it's mine. And to this day, you still wear that <laughs> that clown
0: wig on any occasion. Yeah.
1: Well, I rode it home on the bus, a bus all the way back to home. And did went, you
0: know when you were in fifth grade, you were like, I'm gonna move to New Orleans.
1: Well, yeah, I kind of did, but I wasn't, you know, back then I was like California or New York for, because mm. I really didn't want to act, and
0: that never happened. So where'd you go? I, <laughs> I went la- to, when I there. left,
1: yeah, when I left, uh, well, I went to college at Southeastern State Theater and uh, didn't graduate, but uh, after that I made a living as a fine dining waiter and 10 years and, and moved back here. I went to West Palm Beach and worked the season down there. Didn't like it. Uh, Moved back here. So
0: you were just traveling, like serving? Yeah, well, I moved back.
1: I was living in Baton Rouge.
0: I have a good friend that lives in Baton Rouge right now, and that is rough. God bless them. I don't know how people do it. It's, uh, it's rough.
1: I, I found that, you know, most states' capitals uh, <laughs> are very conservative and not a place to be. The only thing it has going for it, I guess, would be LSU. And well, that's why, I feel like
0: that's why most people wind up there in some way, shape, right. or form, yeah. um, work or school. So you moved to New Orleans in 98, you've been here since?
1: Yes. Um, and
0: you lived in the quarter for a long time.
1: Yeah. I uh, When I moved back... I was I moved I was 38, 39 and I moved back in with my parents <laughs> which was yeah, what a hard thing from leaving at 18 and moving back with them. And so I was like got to move and it was first time I said, "Okay, I think you're old enough now to move to New Orleans because in my 20s I would see people that would move there friends of mine and see them like maybe two months later and they didn't even look the same they were like "Cities oh, no. will chew you up and spit you out if you're not careful and i had much too much of a, an addictive personality to move here in my 20s i was scared to death that i would just not survive it yeah so, by the time i was 40 i was like okay you can handle it
0: <laughs> little did i know <laughs> you've handled it just I'm well i'm handling
1: it i'm handling it yeah
0: how do you so you've been here for right. since 98 what would you say has been, like, I mean, what's been the tie that binds? Like, what keeps you here, you know? Like, it feels the like you've lived creative, a lot of places.
1: The creativity of anything. All is art. Uh, from, uh, I don't know, you put something out there that's creative. Like, my artwork was the first thing. That, I'm going to start painting and selling my artwork. And picked up a piece of slate, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh painted a face on it, real bright colors, and the skin's fluorescent, and the, called them carnival faces, and I hit a niche, and it, yeah. it just started progressing. Where were you selling? Uh, well, my first show was at the uh, Pizza Kitchen, Louisiana Pizza nice. Kitchen. Nice,
0: the one on barracks?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they gave you six weeks.
0: To hang your stuff. And, and
1: the slates can only get so big so i had 40 pieces to fill the place Whoa. and in six weeks i sold 10 of them so right. sold, oh, hit a niche but now i've got 30 pieces of slate i'm <laughs> gonna have to move out of here yeah. and what am i gonna do with it? And it just the day my show was over uh john and jan owners of the artist market came by they had just opened up and said hey why don't you come and a booth over here i got one it faced the french market yeah and uh, had a little booth and made ten thousand like, dollars that year oh that's what's up Yeah,
0: that's, so. the, that's the um collective that's on decatur, or yeah, was on decatur yeah a little
1: co-op yeah mm-hmm. it's
0: not there anymore though
1: huh they closed last year
0: yeah i remember i thought it was there yeah. forever there's a few yeah. places like that in the city so if you're from here or not from here you should know that there's like little artist co-ops there's a few different ones there's zella magazine there's um the one in Canal Place, his name escaping me. It has the word elephant or buffalo or something. In yeah, it. white rhino or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, rhino. Rhino. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: there's a few others. Yeah, you there's a,
1: a friend of mine. When we stopped, uh, they decided to change the whole thing, and I lost my booth and was going to have to pay more. And yeah, I just got kind of fed up. And yeah. So I. Uh, my friend that was working there with me too, as an artist, uh, decided to get in touch with the French Quarter Corporation mm-hmm. and reopen a little co-op called Dutch Alley. Oh,
0: Dutch Alley. Yeah. Co- well, they call
1: it D Alley you know, for <laughs> short. And so there was another artist co-op there for a while. I don't know if it's still there, but worked in there. And then uh, a few. Uh, oh, and then I ended up getting a license uh, to a permit or whatever to for sell, sell Jackson. Yeah, except I chose. Pirates Alley
0: and
1: I was right across from Rodriguez and I always had this thing about you know being bigger than
0: Roderick. <laughs> uh, in my, my first, eyes. My
1: first, yeah, the first mag. there's a, a magazine that they put in the hotels called Ware Magazine. Mm. And uh, the editor had seen my stuff at the artist market and he did a little interview. I had my first publication on, on my artwork in Ware Magazine. Mm. When you folded the magazine shut, my article landed right on top of a Roderick ad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a sign, it's a sign. And then when I ended up setting up across the street, people would come out of there and come over and buy my stuff.
0: Oh, my God. Rodriguez is so, Roger, he's he's so cheesy, man. Like, if he was still... Just, well, he's dead now. But what, it, I wish he would have just done the people thing forever. The yeah. dog thing got so big. And I now see the dog and I get, like, annoyed. I'm like, ah. Well, why does it bother I, me so much?
1: I used to listen to Tony Robbins a little bit. So, <laughs> I went across the street and met him and made him. Wait, point Tony to. Robbins like, the, the yeah. personal yeah, person the t- that...
0: What's he called? Self-help? Guru? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... His thing was, you know, if you want to be rich, you hang out with rich people, or uh-huh. you want them to do this, you do, you do it with this people. So I went and met him, uh-huh. told him I was going to be bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave him, I said, what would you, your advice would you give me? And he said, stop painting on slate. You can't really make prints. You're going to have to make play on canvas so you can make prints. So I was like, I can do g clay something. Yeah. I gave him a, a set of coasters, and he said, so Rodrigue now has my stuff <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a Rodrigue that Lakin had before I met him mm-hmm. uh, and they have only made 14 of these prints and it's oh, cool. one of the do- blue dogs sitting on one of the above ground graves oh, cool. so
0: I have a I have a friend from childhood who I lived with after Katrina whose family collects rodrigues and they had a personal relationship with him and they had a house full of them to the point where they had like a huge wall that was a, a family portrait that that he had painted under an oak tree yeah and it wasn't my friend was like an infant uh, yeah it's huge it's, it's a poker see i
1: had actually met him before blue dog I, I was working at the camelot club which is a cca managed uh, city club in baton rouge mm-hmm. above the lmb building and he had a show up there, and it was all the oak trees with the families. That's yeah. That was like what it used tables. to do. Tables, yeah. It it's it's very like nice like white. Folk art. Very
0: white supremacy looking. Mm-hmm. Like it's it all It kind of is. It's all white yeah. Let's have white. a jamboree.
1: <laughs> Old South jamboree. <laughs> uh, you know, that's I found out recently. I think that's what those things were. It's just like a big KKK a, a party. A big meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, please spare me. That
0: doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because the paint the, the paintings are literally white people in white clothes under uh-huh. oak trees in front of plantations. It, they definitely yeah. have some sort of
1: mm-hmm. old
0: Southern thing going. That's haunted as hell.
1: Yeah, I tried to keep it on the folk Cajun kind of thing, but yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, what kind of stuff do you paint? I don't think I've ever seen any of your art, like any of your physical art. Obviously, I've seen. You before, I call
1: it folk art, but or if you consider roofing slate indigenous to the <laughs> new orleans area but it's a lot of it is i collected slate when they redid the church for katrina uh-huh. i got it from I got which church biggest uh the, the, the cathedral? cathedral yeah uh st louis and i uh, got it from the uh, hall uh, on uh, st charles Was the the hall in st charles uh, oh lord i can't think of it now that's all right. Uh, but yeah, they had really big pieces. I ended up doing a series of gestures on that. But uh, it's, it's fun. They're animated, colorful faces, and they're either grinning or laughing out loud or smiling. You know, They're very positive. I've, I've had people tell me that first year, I guess most 75% of my stuff went to tourists. and Yeah. And I had some local clients and repeat stuff. And this, they tell me, that they hang their stuff in the bathroom. It's the first thing they see in the morning. And it brightens their day. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> like, nice? Yeah, that that's so nice. So amazing. it is rewarding that you know, is so to nice. be a service to people's happiness.
0: If you come to New Orleans and you want to support artists, there are tons of local art co-ops. That's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And there's also like the the art garden on Frenchman Street where you can meet the artists. They're there at night. And it's usually spaces where right. they have tons of different artists in there. And people do come to New Orleans and buy art. I sold art for oh, years sure. on Frenchman Street. That was what I did. And
1: I'm not a great salesman of my stuff. But that's why it, people it, it, get salespeople I, I like do, me. I still, well, I don't know. You still sell more art as the artist ah, yes. and doing your art in front of the people.
0: I think that's that's true to a degree so I sold for other artists for a long time and my whole thing was if you are someone who does not like people which a lot of artists don't you're not like this no a lot of artists just don't like people they like their art they like what they make and they don't want to deal with someone not wanting to pay the price or somebody asking them questions and stuff like that yeah those people that don't have that people person thing yeah they shouldn't sell their art and so people like right. me who are good salespeople what I would do is I would come in there and I would try to look as if I were the artist, yeah, and yeah, I would, I would, I would carry. Sure, I'd be able to, to describe it and like love it as much as the artist. Sure, would. yeah,
1: that's my mother told me. I I've got great work ethics. My dad and my mom both yeah. gave me, uh, my dad hard labor, and my mom just that she said, if you work for somebody and you work for their store, act just act like it's your store exactly, and that way, yeah,
0: that's what I did. I had one friend that I worked for for years, mm-hmm. and her whole thing was like, tell me you're me. Just tell them you're made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for years I did that. I would just tell people. Sure.
1: And my big stick now is, uh, like, I'm working on the house and I have people come up to me on the street and like, yeah, you got any extra work? I'm like, no, I'm kind of, I'm poor too. I'm house rich (laughs) and money poor. So that's why I'm doing the work myself. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Because, you know, and plus... Why pay somebody to do something that you can do better yourself?
0: Right. Totally.
1: Because <laughs> they don't give a shit. With oh. You. oh. Here, yeah, I painted that. <laughs>
0: yeah, Levy lives uh, in, is it technically the Treme?
1: Uh-uh, it's, Uh, It's across St. Bernard is the Treme. Okay. Um, we're in the South Seventh Ward.
0: South Seventh Ward. Um, I think I just think everything's a A because I don't know where it starts and ends, which right, so is right. ridiculous. But well, you're it's on six the blocks. Yeah,
1: six blocks from the French Quarter. Yeah, you're so close. And North it's, a, it's
0: a bright, really pretty shot. Double, double shotgun, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. What's your advice to someone who is moving to New Orleans for the first time? They're moving here from somewhere else. You had experience with New Orleans before you came. Like, I think, right. you what to I think
1: most people either have had an experience in and that's one of the reasons they move here because it's very open uh you know when i first started coming uh really hanging out in new orleans was when i was in college at southeastern they were like a half hour away and mm-hmm. on the weekends we'd come and party i had friends from laplace uh, that i went to school with and we'd hang out there and uh
0: what were the what years was this? When this you were is
1: nineteen eighty eighty
0: one. What was New Orleans like in the eighties? Uh,
1: well, let me tell you. <laughs> we came down one weekend. I don't know. It was like right at the first of school. You said so it was like in August or September. And there was we came and they took me to, I think it was Zephyr Field, and there was a game being played mm-hmm. between the queers and the police
0: uh-uh I swear you're God, making this up I'm
1: not making this up I swear <laughs> it was so I was like wow this is so cool and then when you go out at the bars and stuff on the weekend wait wait it,
0: what team were the uh, queer police playing on
1: the well, it well, I yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing, they ended up being cheerleaders, <laughs> <laughs> and we they had some cheerleaders. It was so funny. The queer police were like, Wait a second, <laughs> I have to
0: pick?
1: yeah, yeah. It was funny because, uh, like on the weekends, uh, there was always a cap- cop car stationed at the queer bars uh-huh. right there on Bourbon Street, and there was no problem, and got along great with the police. Did you probably.
0: feel like they were stationed there to keep the queers safe or keep, like, other I think, people, I th- quote, unquote?
1: No, I think they were there for, for the queers to be safe.
0: Yeah, that's
1: what's mm-hmm. up. And, and never had any trouble with them until uh, we came down here one weekend and there were no cops. And I got my ass kicked.
0: No. Yeah,
1: I had my first experience you got with a gay bash. Uh it was, uh, I was hanging out outside the bar. We were about to leave and go back to campus in, in Hammond. And I was uh, hanging out out front of uh, Lafitte's in mm-hmm. Exile. And it was pretty tipsy. And all of a sudden, like, five of these hippie dudes come out of the bar, swing the door open. I heard one of them say, oh, man, yeah, it's a bag bar. And I was like, yep, that's right. <laughs> 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 and I forgot all about it, and the next thing I'm turning around, and one, the smallest one, of course, out of the bunch, like, did you say that, did you say that, and he came right up to me, and I didn't answer him, and he just started wailing on me. Just, all these guys are standing behind him, so I wasn't going to fight back. I just wasn't shy. I couldn't believe it was fucking happening. Yeah. It hit me a few, like, I guess he realized he wasn't going to knock me down, and so they left. they just left. I watched him walk away and I was sitting there with a bloody, you know, face and nose and a couple of knots on my head. Yeah. <laughs> and I cried all the way back to him. And blah, blah, blah. And awful. It, yeah, it's just, yeah. It was Those kinda,
0: people were definitely tourists. Yeah. Do you think they were tourists? Or do you think they were from here? Not that it matters, but that gives me some solace if they're tourists because fuck that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's nobody in New Orleans that would do that. Not a single one.
0: <laughs> well, it feels like. Come on now! It was the '80s.
1: Yeah, early '80s. Yeah. Damn.
0: Was it? Did you feel like there was a lot of that in New Orleans?
1: I don't know. I really don't. I don't. I don't think so.
0: I hope not. But obviously, history is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, because the only other thing I can imagine, well the the upstairs lounge well that was in the 70s yeah and that was a queen yeah that did that i know yeah queen so i know that <laughs> was right? a horrible thing upstairs,
0: i'm I mean, we're not gonna talk about that here but the upstairs lounge is something that is part of queer history and if you don't know about it you need to do your research especially if you live here and you're queer um but even if you're not queer i think everyone yeah needs everybody to know the history knows about it, it in this city and you should um yeah, what, so what's the, so you've gotten to be queer here for a long time, or like yeah. coming back and forth. What's, what's the, like, as a queer woman, like, I would love to be, able, obviously there's no lesbian bars left, so I would love to be able to, like, yeah. look back and yeah. see what it was like when there was, like. When I moved pop- back here in
1: 98, there was still Ruby Fruit Jungle. Right. And they were always getting in trouble. <laughs> <I> guess, yeah. <laughs> and I figured, you know, I guess most, any. What do you mean always getting in trouble? Like How? oh you know they were in the marini and they would have complaints about noise levels and that kind of stuff it's just bullshit uh, unnecessary really. oh you yeah. mean the
0: stuff that's still happening to the point where like the marini can't get friggin yeah like bars with why music anymore? are you
1: moving here and having trouble with uh, noise noise ordi- or uh, ordinances know? yeah ordinances yeah this is so bullshit. Yeah,
0: yeah i think about I, one of the ones that changed in my especially lifetime. around frenchman
1: street it's like oh yeah it's like that's literally that's why you wouldn't want to move here
0: mimi's used to have live music it's now yeah. anna's i remember they used to have some they had some really fun live music because they would do weird stuff that other bars weren't. In doing yeah. and then they're one of the ones that got rezoned and then they can't have live music right. anymore And that was like happening while I was living here. And I was just like, yeah, this is so foolish. And those houses in that area now are million dollar houses for whatever reason. Yeah. It's cuckoo bananas. Like you move to the city where like live music is like what people move here for. Right. And you don't want it in your neighborhood.
1: Yeah, it's mm bullshit. Where it's already been for a while. And and now that I'm in the seventh ward, I've heard a couple of complaints about the party buses. I'm like, are you kidding me? I love my my neighbor, Sheila, had her birthday a few years ago and she ran. one and he invited me to go. I was the only white male ever on, the, <laughs> on fucking, uh, b- a fucking party bus, and they were twerking out They're the windows. Really I had my now. video camera going. We got some good. There's pictures. so many freaking party buses
0: now. <laughs> yeah. Um, last night, a party bus. I was working at a show at the Always, and a party bus drove by, and it was all white people on it. And usually, you know, a party bus goes by uh, and it's like bum <laughs> bum <bump>, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, out yeah, the window. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this was the. Saddest
1: rally, oh, that's it cheap, drove by And I
0: was, no music was coming out. Everyone was just, like, standing, like, looking out of the windows. Like, you could see, like, a guy with glasses, like, holding a drink, like, looking at me. And I was
1: like,
0: you're on a party bus. Like, yeah. you should, should be, like, raging. The sun was still up when it passed. I was like, okay. Oh, my goodness. You guys clearly made a mistake. And that's on you. You thought you were party yeah. bus people. And you're clearly not no party bus people. Yeah, but they're so people go They they just drive by, <laughs> they pass by, and that's it. How can you complain about that?
1: I did my first musical at the Always.
0: Really? I, did. I love the Always. It's like the best. It's like one of the best indie theater spots in the whole city, if not the only and real one. The guys one.
1: that did Three Penny Opera, German, Right, Weiss. Is that the show? I always yeah, I always get their names fucked
0: up. I've done a lot of shows there too.
1: It was Happy End was the name of it, and I played Bill Crocker, <laughs> <laughs> gangster. It, was, it was a play but, play, or was it yeah, a... Yeah, it's a, a musical play, yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was great. I enjoyed it so much. And I found out that uh, the guy who owns the bar was friends with uh, Coleman uh, from Court 13.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. And is that how you got in contact with those guys?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Court 13 and is Harry, the production Harry, company that did Harry Beasts of Marlon. a
0: Southern Wild and Wendy, the film that I worked on right. and met you at... Um, and you also worked on Ben's first little short film. Yeah, uh, what cor- was it called? Uh, Glory at Sea. Glory at Sea. Yeah, so you, you've got a long history with that production company. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's That's... great. I mean, even gone ben, so far as to Ben, you they've got the porn out for. It. It's called Glory Hole at Sea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the uh, the uh, parody uh, version. Uh, Levy, uh, we have to take a break. Yeah. Okay, sure. we'll be right back. This week's episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness, a group training facility located in Metairie, Louisiana. Vitality prioritizes their members with accessible workouts for anybody any gender any size any ability i'm a little biased because i do co-own this business and i gotta say we've got one of the best communities around really great coaches really good vibes so if you're interested in trying out our gym go to our website vitalitycommunityfitness.com click the contact form and you get three free classes in a week so come check us out Hello and welcome back to Planet Nola. I'm talking to my friend Levy Easterly. We've been talking about queerness in the city of New Orleans through history, or at least Levy's history here. Talked about his art. We've talked about a lot of things uh george rodrigue (laughs) Mm -hmm. um if you're not watching uh on youtube you're just listening to the podcast you should go peep our social media or go watch the youtube video because levy is looking fresh to death today very colorful um you've just got to go look at his outfit i cannot even describe it it is something you have to see with your own two eyes i look pretty cute too so go check us Mm -hmm. out on youtube um so i was about to get into how i met you which is On Wendy. Uh, The the feature film, Wendy, which was directed by Ben Zeitlin, came out in like 2019. Oh, we came out in 2020, actually, right before the pandemic. Two weeks. Awful, awful release for us. (laughs) Two weeks
1: before quarantine. Yeah,
0: so which is why I encourage people to go watch it, Mm -hmm. because it definitely didn't get its justice because of the lockdowns. It did have a theatrical release, but man, did that mess us up. But so Levy was... the, The film filmed in the Caribbean on a few islands, and Levy was playing the older version of one of our stars... Um, that was a kid and you, I don't want to give away too much about the plot, but you basically were like the middle aged version of the kid and you had a very like, the character's very like rough and my
1: only line in the script, it wasn't a line, it was, it described the character. He was a strange and haunted man.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I felt so strange and haunted. I swear. And it was just a cameo. Uh, yeah. Was, uh, uh, but it was... But how long did the, you just go to, It was the cameo to be...
0: Yeah. And how long did you oh, go to the Caribbean for that cameo?
1: Uh, I got to stay one week for the dress rehearsals and the mem- wa- wardrobe and makeup. Flew me back home for some reason for a week, and then flew me back there for another week yes, to do shoot. Yes, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. So uh, you
0: got two weeks. Yeah, you did Antigua, the Antigua shoot, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah
1: which yeah. I kind of I was kind of disappointed about because I remember before this all started, Ben wrote me an email and says. Can't wait till we're together
0: in Montserrat. Right, so we filmed on a few islands, so, and,
1: and I looked up Montserrat real quick and saw the volcano. Yeah, like, Montserrat. What? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then when I got there, it's like, oh, we're shooting in Antigua I now. Can't Everybody lie. was just flying back home
0: from, from Montserrat, Montserrat. Yeah. So we yeah. mostly shot in Montserrat, and then we shot the second most in Antigua, and then we shot just a few days in Barbuda and Barbuda only had or barbuda they only had like three days there and the island didn't have the capacity to host the crew so half the crew like went to the other half stayed in antigua like they're there we were like staying in the houses of the people that lived on the island like there's not like not even hotels there like it was there's more donkeys than people and more horses than people on that island and that was really wild filming there um we filmed in the mangroves and like we they were just like The mangroves are covered in these giant birds where the name of the bird is escaping me now. But it sounds beautiful and it looks beautiful on video, but they shit in the water. And that's like what the fish eat. And it's like a bog. Mm -hmm. So we're like walking (laughs) through a bog. And in the bog are thousands and thousands Uh, of jellyfish.
1: Oh, They're
0: they're the kind that don't sting, Mm -hmm. but they sting. They sting in this Mm -hmm. kind of like annoying mosquito bite way. Uh. And so it was the most disgusting part of the shoot oh, so yeah. really Antigua you could be <laughs> happy that your stuff wasn't in yeah. because that was brutal but
1: you know I did do this spill whole spill about you know you really should let me go to Montserrat because I was that age 10 years old and got to experience it is my character so I think you were, like, trying to do background
0: character work to get there, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. A
1: method acting shit. And I was like, and you know what? And after my shoot, uh, instead of flying back, I booked my flight two days later. And Nathan uh, paid for me to go to Montserrat for oh, two days. That's so nice. And I got in touch with the... Uh, the guy who's a jealous guy, Mapai. Mapai. Yeah, you guys probably five times. Huh? And uh, yeah, and uh, he didn't take me on the guide though, and the guy that owned the bar, okay. There.
0: Oh, yeah, um, Maiga.
1: Yeah, he took me on the tours, you know, showed me the volcano, the area, yeah, 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 the hotel, and, the, the, and uh, yeah, got me the, the uh.
0: Those are local, my guys. The local uh Those are my guys. Brew. Yeah, he gave me a
1: whole gallon of oh it. Oh, my God. And you're blessed. And you know what I did? I got to, I drank a shitload of it, but <laughs> I brought it back in just little separate bottles. I poured there. In the travel size? Yeah, I went to a local store and got the lo- uh, the these different brands of the not- Homemade stuff, uh, and I poured it out. I put the homemade stuff good. in it, and brought it back with me. So and good. when we did the little uh, screening, that some point where were we? I, I don't know. Gave, uh, I gave I uh, gave nothing. Uh, Nathan. Nathan and and Ben yeah. and somebody, uh, one of the producers. I think it was uh, Michael. Came all a bottle uh, of.
0: Nice. The, they're like what? That's what's uh, up. It's yeah, I I'm very nostalgic for all of the things you're speaking about. Um Pai was my my man for the months that we were in Montserrat. Yeah. I'm sure he was everybody's man honestly. He he got around Mapai, but he would we that movie wouldn't have happened without Mapai. Like yeah, he, he right. saved that whole movie like just yeah. really like got us around that island and helped us find mm-hmm. the most beautiful spots and just just right. like he knew everyone on the island. Everyone on the island knows him, you know. So Oh, but so we got to go to Sundance. Because of Wendy,
1: yes,
0: (laughs) which is one of my more treasured experiences.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now I must admit, Beast was the
0: I know, yeah, you guys. Sundance. It was just
1: like unreal. It was. uh, We were all just kind of in awe and jaw dropped when the audience stood up and gave us a standing ovation at the end of the movie. And yeah, yeah.
0: Beast was huge. If you don't know about Beast, Beast Mm. was huge. Um, We. You, so, you got to do Beast and you got to go to Sundance for Beast. And I heard that was like an insane experience. Yeah, but was. when we went to Sundance, it was kind of funny because, you know, mm-hmm. it spins like not technically a sophomore film, but mm-hmm. sophomore film. And so, they, it's not as big of a deal when that drops no, as No, because
1: you, you're big when it was your first one that Everyone's just kind of makes everything. Yeah. And the now we have are like, money. Nah, we're like, like, not going to give him that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's not as impressive <laughs> like, he had Fox yeah. behind him this time. Anyway, so we were just kind of like there. And everyone else that was there, for the most part, were like film people. And we are like, I'm not a film person. I just happen to work in film briefly. And we would just be at social events for Sundance being like, good God, everyone here is networking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I walk by and some locals are hanging outside the back door of uh, one of the restaurants. He's like, yeah, it's a real shit show here today. (laughs)
0: It was so boring. There was one point we went to a bar. It was after a screening, and like everyone there was like, "Oh, um, Beth, have you met Joseph? Joseph is a line producer for da da da. Beth actually mm. works in cast. I'm like, oh, if I have to listen to one more introduction, like uh, my brain is. Yeah, we is gonna...
1: really should get together and do lunch yes. sometimes. Oh, you, you worked
0: should. on da 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 with da da da, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, like. I yeah. get why they needed that but we were yeah, just like yeah. sitting at the bar like doing shots like, mm-hmm. and this is the day catching
1: j- j- dingers. do you want to do you want to <laughs> tell the story sure sure just, the bar is packed and uh, I see Missy standing at the, uh, not sit, sitting at the I was bar, sitting yeah, And I was, sitting. I was like, well, let me go talk with her. And, you know, because it's, I couldn't walk. We through. were
0: distinctly making fun of everyone. also. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I was like, everyone here is just working. And
1: as we were talking about them, I made the mistake of my, well, my dentures fell out and Mary caught them in her hand. And we were just like, Oh my god! I Grabbed them real quick and stuck them back in my mouth. We were like, we were nobody else saw. We were the funniest
0: part was that we were shit talking. Like we were were making jokes (laughs) about everyone else, and you had said something funny and you laughed at your own joke, (laughs) and your dentures flew out. And I don't even. I have not played a sport in my life. (laughs) My reflexes are not good, but something about I caught those teeth just right here, and we both kind of froze too. We were like, but it was so fun. Well, then we told everyone. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Today I'm wearing Fixed It. Good, they're in there. They're in there. there. They on, wanted to do it I on saw the video. You, I saw
0: Levy on Mardi Gras, and we were hanging over a
1: balcony, and they were not it And I was like,
0: Levy, <laughs> be careful! son. You are too close <laughs> to the edge of this balcony. We got we got uh, a whole floor to fall onto that street down there. Yeah. You're gonna lose some teeth today. Yes, yes. Um, when you lived in the quarter, where'd you live?
1: I lived at the corner. Of, it was 1300 Charters. It was a corner of Charters and Barracks, right across from the La Chalou Hotel. There was a little shotgun house there. The Witch Hotel. Le Richelieu.
0: Larry Richelieu. That's right. where
1: Paul McCartney stayed. And oh. That's where Hoda Kopi lived when she lived here. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, boy, am I showing my
0: age. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already established that you were in college in the 80s. Yeah. So you're well, I lived SOL. there for
1: 15 years. And this past year during COVID, or last year when they had Mardi Gras, there were no parades. So there was an idea, hey... We're we're gonna do house floats. Nobody's ever done that before. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, they have. It was me. It started in 2009. I've done them ever since for Mardi Gras and Christmas and Halloween. So yeah. And I had a different theme every year.
0: Which is exactly what the House Floats crew does now. Is they yeah. They do theme. And it
1: was a shotgun them. house. It couldn't help but make it into a float. Decorated. That's what I was thinking. Well, I just was- never called them a house float. Right. And when I did a GoFundMe page, it was like, turn my house into a Mardi Gras float. Yeah. Uh, he use those two words, but... Well,
0: listen, it's no surprise that you set a trend, Levy. You're, you're yeah. a trendsetter. Yay! Yeah. So do you still decorate your house for Mardi Gras?
1: I haven't since I moved. Uh, I did tell people that I did, you know, the house that we lived in was such a little charm of the French Quarter. Uh, and I tell people we were the last of the Bohemians to move mm-hmm. out of the Quarter, and uh, after we moved out, of course, uh, ha, Nola had things to do for Mardi Gras when you're in Newell. And this is in 2018 after we'd already moved out. Mm-hmm. So and they had a picture of my house the last year I did in my house. I just covered it in beads because every year I would cover my lamppost that was in, mm-hmm. on the corner there in beads. I would just cover it, and really cover it. Right. And so I think, let's see. It was the first time I had thought to do my house ahead of time I usually wait to last minute and come up with an idea and then do yeah. it usually for the best and but that year I was like well since i cover my let's just cover the whole house in beads and I'm glad I thought about it early because after everybody started turning their beads in to get recycled I'd go by the recycle centers <laughs> and load my truck up with a, yeah. and I had a whole truckload of beads and It literally covered the whole house. And there was a picture of NOLA of it, things to do. And there was my house with the beads on it. But they all went there and were disappointed, I must say, because the house had been completely, yeah, well, it was there, but there was nobody living. All the shutters were closed on it. But what do you mean when you Somebody sent me a picture of it, and they drew a sad face on the house. (laughs) So that's okay. I took the magic with me and uh i did get my house done by the house float people last year oh, because did. i was the original house float. so they did the house for me uh they had put everybody else in a lotto and everybody just drew whose house they were going to do cool. so, except for my and that, but the stipulation was that i had to find five other houses in the seventh ward to get also. the permission of the owners and, and for them to do their house, and they had five iconic uh, people of the seventh ward, oh, cool. Indi- either Indians or some community cool. leader, and uh, to do a, a picture of them and
0: that's yeah, what's up
1: a memorial house for them. Yeah, it was really nice. The man, the man who lived in the house before me, and actually the owners of the house uh the were the Matassa family mm-hmm. and baby Matassa raised his family there in that little shotgun house mm-hmm. and uh baby Matassa was second cousin to Cosimo who oh. was a music- musician mm-hmm. um, he helped him run the studio uh the uh, studio that everybody from Jerry Lee Lewis to uh, Little Richard sang in cool uh, yeah it was right there on North Rampart. Yeah, I had
0: no idea about that.
1: Yeah, they they turned it into a uh, warsteryia, and uh, they this still this? have the they still have the, the the gold records and everything in there, in oh. the and something about all the artists that were. Uh, recorded there.
0: Is it the same cosmos of the bar cosmos?
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's who the bar is named after. So there's yeah. there's always been an artist that lived in that house. Whether mm-hmm. it be the musician, the person before me lived there for eighteen years, paid three hundred dollars a month in rent.
0: So that specifically, that house has been artist after artist after artist, yeah, yeah. and now it's not.
1: Now. It's, it looks like uh, it's straight out of a Home Depot or a Lowe's magazine. Yeah.
0: Levy, you were talking earlier about making art in the city and like what your general advice is to folks that want to create things here.
1: Yeah, that would be a good reason for you to move here if you have any artistic talent, whether it be singing, music, uh, dance, uh, graphic art, you know, visual arts anything like this, uh, and you want to do something with it, acting, you know, anything, just come on the come move here. We love creative people, and it just has a way of, man, if you put one step forward and you want to do something, the city, it just seems to magically know, and it, it just starts manifesting, and it grows, and you know, like, before you know it, you're successful at what you wanted to do, and it's... Creatively, and yeah. it's that's why I live here. It's such a great, magical city that lets you become who you want to be.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, that's your general advice: just put one foot in front of the other.
1: That's it. Just put make one the thing. In. Yeah, make a start of it and watch it manifest.
0: That's, I mean, head. that's the way I roll. I've, if I've ever wanted to do something, I just do it. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking <coughs> about, like auditioning for stuff a second ago, and I'm just like i always hated auditioning so i was just like i'm just gonna make my own theater i'm just gonna write my plays Mm -hmm. and cast them myself
1: after the the carnival faces painting on slate i wanted to do something different with the art and i started gluing things on mannequins and Mm -hmm. and and,
0: oh like my girl right here yeah yeah i
1: had i always have picked up things shiny objects off the street and not carrying junk jewelry and all that kind of stuff and I'd had all this stuff and what are you gonna do? Well I'm gonna start gluing it on. I got some E six thousand glue which I learned to do by putting sequins on a mask.
0: E six thousand is dope, <laughs> it's man. The best. I have some next door right now. It's a good that, glue right there.
1: I did my first mannequin. It was a bust a womp of woman and uh, it's still a work in progress because there's so many places to fill with little things and you may have your own little venues on this thing and all of a sudden, these mannequins just started popping up. Yeah. And now I've got a slew of mannequins I need to <laughs> bling out. <laughs> You're
0: little, a your little army of mannequins. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I obviously am bicycles. a mannequin I've fan. I've done birdhouses
1: now cool. and mannequins. And
0: Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, Levy, I ask everybody the same last question. Um, this podcast is just me talking to people, like I said, that I think are cool or doing cool things. People that I think are interesting. Maybe somebody that doesn't otherwise have the light shined on them in this city. Who, when I say those things to you, do you think of that I should talk to? And you can take a minute to think about it. We can edit it because I know it's a hard question.
1: (laughs) There's two people. The first would be Ben Zeitlin.
0: Oh, tell me about Ben Zeitlin. I don't know that guy. (laughs) Ben Zeitlin, he's one of my best friends. Oh,
1: my God. What a... I'm sorry, he probably doesn't think so, but he's genius. Him and his sister, Eliza, are just both so beautiful. Um, Their creativity just shines, and they, I don't want to say they take it seriously, but it's like, Anything you, you come to this city and you want to do something, you're you're serious about it, but not in a serious way, but in a happy way. Yeah. It's more happy than it is serious. Yeah, You're yeah, happy yeah. to do it, and you do it, and it just it blossoms, and people take notice. Yeah. And. It just, you know, you I keep, love just that keep you on, said keep, him. keep, 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 keep doing it.
0: I love that you said him because obviously <laughs> he's one of my dearest buds yeah. and I, I agree. I mean, I, all I do is heckle him. I give him so much hell, but that's, that's just my job, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think he's a genius. I think he's so creative and he's so smart. And I think that's why I was always really attracted to him. And
1: he, he, he loves me. I love him you
0: so much. Yes.
1: And, uh, I just gotta stop The other person
0: <laughs> Are you is, emotional? Is
1: an artist Yeah is it, uh, 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 I think it's fine arts We're all fine artists In a way Yeah <laughs> But this isn't like You know Painting, painting on canvas, it would be Amzie Adams.
0: Oh, I want to talk to I Actually, I ran into him the other day on the street, and I was yeah. like, uh, "Can I interview you on my podcast?" Always
1: run into and, him on the street. Uh huh. Yeah, mean, that's
0: I mean. He's always on the street somewhere. I know and, where
1: he lives. But yeah, yeah, me
0: too, actually. <laughs> but he gave me his card, so yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna hit him up. I sold his art a couple of nights on Frenchman for yeah, a while.
1: I got it published in a, a art show that he did. It's all Amzie all the time. Yeah. And he had all these different artists do their own interpretation of him. Uh Uh-huh. I think I remember this, yes. And then he he put out a book of that. Uh Uh-huh. And I was on the third page. There's my... And it was done on slate. I found this piece of slate. And, you know, it's like uh, with clouds. You know, you see things in clouds. Mm-hmm. I see stuff in the slate. And it's the, the shape of it was just his head and his top hat. Yeah. And it was a big, long top hat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so cool. It turned out perfect.
0: I love that you just gave me suggestions of two people that I won on this podcast. Nobody's okay. done that yet. Those- awesome. <laughs> yeah. People that I definitely would love to have on at some point. So we're, yeah. we're on the same exact wavelength.
1: Yes, yeah, so and we help each other.
0: Well, hell yeah. I am so grateful that you came and did Planet Nola today. You're the best. Me too.
1: This Thank has you. been
0: so good. Y'all, I'm Mary Jacobs. This is my buddy, Levy Easterly. We've been talking about New Orleans. If you liked this episode, I would love if you shared it with someone that you love. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your uh, podcasts. And, and if you leave us a review... I will mail you a holographic Planet Nola sticker. It was real and surreal. It was real and surreal. (laughs) Um, Thank y'all so much for listening. Be in touch.